Thank you for downloading this podcast from Abrupt Audio. You can find more episodes of this and many other podcasts at abruptaudio.com. Subscribe today to get the next episode automatically. Coming up on this week's Pixel Podcast, Apple faces biggest test of its iPhone security yet, Netflix revamp recommendations, Twitter bug exposed email addresses and phone numbers, and will iPhone graphics catch up to that of the PS4 and Xbox One in 2017? You're listening to the Pixel Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Pixel Podcast. You're listening to episode three. And as always, we have Martin. Hello. And Edson. Hello. Just some housekeeping before we get the episode started. Don't forget you can listen to the podcast on the iTunes store. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to give us a cheeky little rate as it helps promote the podcast further on iTunes. If you're an Android user, don't forget to download the Audio Boom app where you can get us there. And of course, visit the Abrupt Audio website at abruptaudio.com forward slash pixel. That's P-I-X-3-L. And with that, let's dive into this week's weekly catch-up. There's a band called 1023 Megabyte. But I haven't had any gigs yet. You're listening to the Pixel Podcast. So we start Pixel Podcast yet again this week talking about Apple. They are facing a big test of their commitment to iPhone security this week. A federal judge ordered Apple to assist with the FBI into breaking into iPhone owned by San Bernardino shooters. It's now a high-profile case in the ongoing encryption debate, and Apple has responded by strongly opposing what CEO Tim Cook describes as a dangerous backdoor that could allow law enforcement to bypass the security code on an iPhone. The case at hand centers on the security code on an iPhone 5C, Apple's latest version of iOS, allow an iPhone to completely wipe data after too many incorrect pin entries, as well as the ability to delay attempts to guess a pin every time an incorrect pin entry is detected. Both of these security features prevent the FBI from reliably brute forcing the iPhone 5C by trying to guess the code. It needs help, and it turns to Apple. Can Apple really help? It certainly looks like it. Dan Guido, co-founder and CEO of independent information security firm Trail of Bits, believes Apple can comply with the FBI order. I believe that all of the FBI's requests are technically feasible, writes Guido, in a blog post detailing his knowledge of the iOS platform. The key reason Apple may be able to comply is the fact that this is an iPhone 5C device and not an iPhone 5S or a more modern 6 or 6S. Now, Apple's move to deny the FBI in gaining access has been supported by many high-profile figures, including the likes of the CEO of Google and of WhatsApp. So do we believe that Apple are doing the right thing in making sure that our security is safe and keeping those pesky FBI people away from our data. Martin, I'm going to go straight to you. I'm going to just have a bit of a quick uh, history lesson here, just to know all my knowledge is correct. If I remember rightly, Apple's iPhone 5S was the first to use the Touch ID for the first time. Apple have always been quite hot on security, and I am for them here. I think uh, if they leave a back door for the FBI, no offence, let's have a look at their ha- um, hackers. They're people who have been previously caught doing other odd jobs, hacking into other people's. So if they're ha- um, being caught by the FBI, you know, other uh, bigger and larger um, hackers can hack into our phones. You know, it's definitely something that um, Apple should not invest in. I-, I like the security. Like we said a few podcasts ago, uh, security is key and Apple are very hot on it and I don't understand if they did let's just say theoretically they did uh, have this back door uh, who's to say that any Tom Dick or Harry will just come in and just start taking uh, bank account details on 
on our phones or anything else for that matter. I completely agree with you, Martin. This isn't the first time that Apple have been asked to do this. A while ago, they were asked to allow um, requests to enter phone information and to comply with that. And Apple basically said, well, um, the phone's data is encrypted by this passcode and we can't access it without knowing what this passcode is. And uh, we're not allowed to know what that passcode is because that is against what we do. And they kind of cleverly figured out a way that they could sit with uh, not actually breaking the law, but at the same time not complying with what the government want as well. Apple are very clever at doing this and uh, you know they know that it's sort of something that's the, the key issue the key th- thought that's at the heart of a lot of their owners that you know their data is private they want their data to be their data and not the data of the government you know because if they make access to the FBI then who else could be asking for that data and could be accessing it a lot easier you know if things were changed I understand a lot of people's concerns about uh, information about criminals uh, or suspects and we, and we need to get this information and you know obviously prosecute them however if if this is uh, an actual thing that happens in, in the future, like innocent people will be caught in the backfire. Unfortunately, that's how it, it has to be. It has to be um, security lock. And that's all I can really say on the subject. And our second topic comes from Netflix and the fact that they've revamped their recommendations for its new global audience. Before Netflix got into the business of producing its own programming, it spent a lot of the time emphasising its recommendation software, the algorithms that would learn your taste and suggest the perfect title from the company's catalogue. Over the last few years, the feature faded into the background, overshadowed by the original content, Emmy nominations and its rapid global expansion. Today, however, Netflix recommendations stepped back into the spotlight. Up until now, the recommendations you got were based on where you lived. People in the US saw suggestions for action or comedy flicks based on what other people in North America enjoyed. Going forward, an anime fan in Sweden will see recommendations based on the viewing habits of anime fans from around the world, and the same principle will apply to every catalogue or suggested films. This sounds like a relatively minor change, but it's actually a precise shift that the company has been putting off for some time. One that has been a year in the making and involved a team of nearly 70 engineers. Now, this is something, Netflix, that I've, I've, had, a, I've had a problem with for a while. I, I hate the fact that it used to, and I'm, I'm really glad that this has happened because I, I used to see like a comedy recommendation. Like it, I, I use this example quite a lot when I talk about this. Uh, like Blackadder is a comedy. Also, How I Met Your Mother is a comedy. Those two things are completely different, though. The, the, the comedy styles, the comedy tastes are completely different. And you used to, with Netflix, have a, a big sort of like, you, you just got suggested things by category, which is not how it should be. I'm really happy that they've actually introduced this. And now the sort of like, I, I don't know why it's taken this long, but I'm happy that this has happened. Ben, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's really good. And what actually does boggle my mind is the fact that a lot of people have sat in an office and try to think out how they're going to make this work <laughs> and actually come up with the algorithm that actually recommends you, 70 you know, people, the next ben. season of House 70 of Cards. People. 70 people. I know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I think anything that uh, pushes better content to to me in terms of recommendations is always good. Because sometimes, you know, if, you, if you're not getting that correct recommendations, you do kind of feel like, oh, what am I paying that Netflix subscription for? Because without actually being able to think of something or someone to tell you something's there and you have to search it, sometimes, especially when you're on a you know a TV experience, actually searching through and finding new content can be a little bit tricky. So you always want you know the best shows to be sort of there recommended for you. The majority of people are going to pick shows that are there on the home page and not scroll through and sort of you know go on the internet and go, oh, what are the best things on Netflix? They want them to be there, want them to be recommended. So anything that helps that, I think is a definitely a good move forward. 
I too am for for this bright future ahead of this recommendation scene. Uh, for example, I used to watch a lot of Walking Dead, but it always gave me other AMC uh, productions like um, Breaking Bad. I, I know a lot of people like Breaking Bad, but I, for one, it just didn't interest me at all. But I always got it on my recommendation screen, and it was something that I got quite tired and tedious of because then it showed me horror films and I'm not a massive lover of horror films either. I'm, I like my anime, like my Japanese anime and I, and I love my old um, Spongebob cartoons and stuff but it never really gave me uh, recommendations on that. It was always just on the few sort of series you watched and that was it. So hopefully um, for people like me who like delving into this world you can learn new sh- uh, shows coming out and new experiences and sort of experience what other people um lovers and fans around you are experiencing. Now something a little bit different. A man in Tennessee has been arrested after attempting to steal video games from a local Walmart and then urinating in the store after he got caught. Yes, I understand. It's strange. However, this happened before. A month ago, someone peed on the video games in Pennsylvania. News site WKRN reports the incident happened February the 13th at Walmart. My guess is he who was a bit late for Valentine's Day thought, what can I grab? So, guys, we've all been there, haven't we? Let's face it, you know. No. Well, I have not. <laughs> no, you know, you, you're going out there. You think, oh, use the five finger discount. Grab a few games. Get, if you're going to get caught, escape plan, we on the floor. The five-finger discount? What the hell is this? Your hand. That, when I was growing up, that, that is what it's called. No, Yeah, I think this is more interesting than the article. Explain. Explain where this where this comes from and where, what does it mean? Okay, so back in my childhood, there was a TV show called That's So Raven. If anyone even remembers that show, I hope... I never do. saw it, but I know of the show. So pretty much as an episode of um, Raven's brother, he mm. got into a bad crowd and okay. his friends were shoplifting. Yeah. Did he start peeing um, on the floor after they got caught? <laughs> no, actually. No. They just said, oh, like, they said to Corey, Raven's uh, brother, he said, um, oh, like, oh, do you like that keychain? And he was like, yeah, but I've got no money. He's like, you don't need money. You've got the five finger discount. And I thought, oh it, it's just stuck with me. That is so cheesy. <laughs> I just it just has bombed. stuck with me. Um, yeah. I mean,. He five-finger face palms. That's what he did. That's what he did. Uh, so, I mean, going back to the story a little bit, it is a little bit ridiculous, uh, but these things happen. Uh, unfortunately, these things happen These things humanity. should not happen. That's, but they do. I'm sorry. First I mean, of all... humanity, no, 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 no. Twice in a month. First of yeah. all, what the hell was he... What games was he stealing? I want to know that. I want to know what $500 worth of video games him and this woman were stealing. And I want to know how this escalated into him peeing on the, in the shop. I don't get it. Uh, Video games have got so expensive these days, he probably only got two games. Yeah, I was going to say two games. (laughs) He probably only got two games, like two Call of Duty's. That's about it, isn't it? So anyway, uh, WKRN also obtained the arrest report, which says that the man, John Gravin, and an unnamed woman tried to steal almost $500 worth of video games. The officer that caught them uh, escorted the pair outside. He is now due in court on April 28th. He never did get that Valentine's gift for his girlfriend, though, did he? Maybe this was the gift. It was. It was a. It was a, a romantic day out in in Walmart. You know, it's the thought that counts. Talk about urination. Twitter, basically metaphorically, urinated all over their users today when a bug in its password recovery system exposed nearly ten thousand users' information, including email addresses and phone numbers, for about twenty-four hours last week. The company announced the news in a blog post this afternoon, clarifying that the users' passwords were not 
at risk and no accounts were breached. Twitter says it has already notified the selected users of the bug, so those who were not contacted were not affected. A quote here says, We take these incidents very seriously and we're sorry this occurs. Any user that we find to have exploited the bug to access another account information will be permanently suspended. And we will also be engaging law enforcement as appropriate so they may conduct a thorough investigation and bring charges as warranted. So do we believe this is good enough? Is this a sign that maybe Twitter isn't keeping their eye on the ball as much as they should do? I mean, internet security is a big hot topic at the moment. Uh, you know, they're not the only company that's had issues in the past. Uh, Edson, do you feel that, you know, this is good enough? Is this a worry for users on Twitter? I'm honestly not worried. Like, this is, there's so many companies out there. We've had so many hacking groups. We've had so many things happen to to big companies that have such a, a, a massive online presence that have that have shown email addresses. They've shown uh, th- like there's, th- there was one that I can remember on, on Boxing Day. There was a there was a hacking group that that hacked the uh, the, the the platform Steam on on computers, which is the platform that you play games on computers. And everyone could yeah. everyone had a, a random account show up on their Steam page, so you could basically see someone's. You couldn't do anything, but you could like see people's purchases. You could see all their personal information, and like there's so many th- stories like these that happen. And honestly, something like this is not that big like compared to other stories that we've heard in in recent months in recent years this is just around 10,000 users and that's that's not that many people everyone everyone has been contacted it seems like they they can find and and do know anyone that has exploited this which is good um they they're in contact with the authorities i don't like this this sort of stuff with it being an online world now that we live in it's going to happen and they've dealt with it seemingly like very well in, in my opinion, anyway. I completely agree with you, Edson. I mean, in the realm of things, 10,000 is nothing. 10,000 sounds a lot on its own. But if I put that 10,000 against the 236 million monthly active users on Twitter, that is nothing. That is a, a tiny, tiny hair in the head of hair that is the Twitter bird. There is really nothing to worry about, I think. You know, people just be wary. You know, change your passwords a bit per- periodically anyway. It's always a good thing to do that. And make sure you've got a really strong password and that you do maintain your account and you should be fine. Obviously, Check your account. Make sure that you haven't got a message from Twitter to let you know that uh, your account may have been compromised. And uh, yeah, really, in the realm of things, in the scheme of other hacks that have gone on, and in the realm of the users that Twitter does receive every month, it is really nothing to worry about. If ever there's a Minecraft movie, it'll likely be a blockbuster. Pixel Podcast. And this week's main topic is talking about mobile gaming. An article has come out this week saying that phone graphics will catch up to PS4 and Xbox One in 2017, according to a leading hardware manufacturer. Smartphones and tablets are about a year away from being capable of outputting graphics on the same level as PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, according to a leading mobile graphics processor developer, ARM. Speaking at a Casual Connect conference in Amsterdam, as reported by VentureBeat, company director Nizar Romdan explained it has been working with NVIDIA, Samsung and Texas Instruments on technology capable of rendering visuals on par with Microsoft's and Sony's home consoles. This is a milestone ARM believe will be reachable by the end of 2017. A quote from Romdan says, mobile hardware is already powerful. If you take today's high-end smartphone or tablets, the the performance is already better than the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3s. It's soon catching up and quickly will do to the Xbox Ones and PlayStation 4. Now, what do you guys think of this? Do you think that this is is, is something that will happen? This is obviously one person's and a couple of companies' opinions. They've, They've been working with companies like Nvidia 
um, like Samsung, and it seems like this may be something that is reachable by 2017. I don't know if this is possible. I would want more companies to sort of believe this same thing. Um, what do you guys think of this? Do you think this is possible? Do you think this this will happen by the by 2017, or do you think that we're miles away from this? I think underestimating the mobile market is definitely a foolish thing to do. It is quickly becoming a massive uh, money generator and also um, general buzzword for the sort of gaming industry. I mean, a lot of companies, even major companies, are making games for mobile. So that's definitely a big thing. Uh, but I think we shouldn't get carried away with ourselves and sort of think that we're going to see the same, sort of same home console games that we see on our portable device in, let's face it, under a year now, you know, we're two months into 2016. And, you know, I don't think this is going to be a thing that's going to come this soon. I think maybe in the future, you're going to be able to maybe plug your like VR headset into your phone on the train and be able to take it away into that world and play that game uh, in that sort of immersive experience. I think that is definitely something that is coming. Whether it's coming in, you know, that period of time so soon as, you know, a year, I definitely don't think so. I think mobile gaming, like I said, has made massive strides and uh, is definitely doing the best it's ever done with great mobile gaming experiences that, uh, you know, that we've never seen before and the devices are very very powerful but i don't think at least in terms of talking from a gaming experience point of view that we're gonna get the same experiences on mobile anytime soon i'm gonna disagree with ben a little yes the mobile uh, industry has made great strides but i do feel like it does have the capability of doing this um obviously we're introducing 4k into cameras now into our phones why can't we get the performance that we can get out of new generation i think uh, by the end of uh, 2017, we'll be looking at it's um, surpassed the PS4. Like we said, like Ben said, we're two months in and uh, the calendar year. And news, this is where big articles get announced, like, oh, by this year, we want this. I actually feel, I believe this, it will, by the end of 2017, we'll be at that point, and like I said, surpassed it. And maybe looking beyond uh, consoles where they have to play catch up with the mobile industry. I, I I do I do think that mobile gaming is it's it is such a big thing. There's there's no doubt about that. But I think this article was very well worded, and I think the the company ARM have, have definitely um, I think they know what they're doing with this because they've they they've said the these things. They've said they're working with these companies. They've said all the right words, and they've they've made it big. Uh, ben was saying before we we recorded this podcast that this article has been blowing up over the past week and honestly like graphic wise the the, the way they've worded it that it can be true like it is true graphic wise on mobile games it's going to be and already is just as good as like your console your pc versions like graphics is something that can be definitely uh it, it that that's the easiest thing to catch up performance the, the how big the game is how much you get in the game how much content uh sort of the storyline just how much is in the game is something that you can't sort of do in mobile games so yes the graphics may catch up yes the it technically will happen for 2017 possibly because it seems like it's already happened but i ju i just don't know if like i, I don't know i i think they've done this 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 they've worded this correctly they've they've made it so that they've they, they've come in the news they've and people are going to be checking out their games now and i think it's it's a more of a publicity thing that they've done this um more than a fact that mobile gaming is going to be on par with with console or or, or pc gaming in, in the future i just think it's more of a a publicity thing to sort of like i don't know develop hype around their game 
I think that definitely could be the case. A publicity thing, you know, something that's going to make people read. You know, a headline such as, you know, phone graphics going to be competing with PS4 and Xbox One in 2017. It's definitely going to make people go, oh, let's read that. And then it's obviously going to in turn uh, be really good marketing. I think definitely a, a very good marketing ploy, very cleverly done. But uh, I'm, for one, very sceptical about the, uh, the the actual content of the article becoming true. Ben is obviously right. This is definitely a marketing ploy. But if enough people read this article and go, yeah, actually, I could see that for happening, people like-minded as myself, I can see a lot of people pushing companies like Apple and obviously other Android phones, and I can see this being a reality. As consumers, we want more and more. We want to get better and better phones or be it anything else in the world. So I can't see no reason and... In a way now, that it's sort of been mentioned, no excuse why we can't push the boundaries. There's one more point that I want to touch upon, and that is that um, the, the definition of mobile gaming and, and tablet sort of gaming is definitely changing because of the way that mobile and tablets are being developed. You've got mobile and tablets now, over the past sort of like five, five to ten years, have, have become very very um very much like a, a a pc so you're getting better hardware in a mobile and tablet a lot better hardware than what you used to get and obviously now that means mobile gaming can or quote unquote tablet gaming can be sort of upped and and, and everything and the development for this can be upped and it's it's more moving towards tablets to me honestly are are, are very much they, they're, they're mini pcs already so i don't know i, I just I, I know this this could be a thing that could happen. This could be uh, an achievable target. I don't think that PC gaming by the end of 2017, uh, I mean, a tablet gaming by the by the uh, by the end of 2017 is something that's going to be on par with console gaming. But it definitely could be, and in the future, it definitely can be. What do you get when you cross a joke with a rhetorical question? Pixel Podcast. Now it's time for the secondary topic of this week. And it's titled, What Exactly is the Reason to Own an Xbox One? Yesterday, Microsoft sent a seismic shift to a collaborative gaming universe when they announced that Quantum Break, the once console exclusive to Xbox One, would emerge on the PC. And it also announced its day and its release. The shockwaves it sent to the gaming world created a type of popularization that only Microsoft can create with its PR and marketing style. On one hand, the diehard Xbox owners felt betrayed. The other gamers who could care less of the Xbox One were elated not to be on the hook for purchasing an Xbox One for the title. Obviously, this has caused a lot of um, grief uh, to gamers. Obviously, um, your PS4, they've always said, oh, this is a PS4 exclusive and kept their word. And now Xbox One gamers are a bit, they feel obviously betrayed and angry and frustrated. So as I open this up to Ben and Edson, we'll go into Versus. Okay, so I won Versus last week, meaning that I stay on and I get to verse Edson. And I'm a little bit worried because obviously the person that I voted for, I'm against, but the person that I voted against is now judging me so i need to be definitely on the game uh, a slight last minute change as well to the way versus works we're upping the ante we only now have 30 seconds instead of one minute to make our case to the judge which this week of course is martin okay then as always i'll flip a coin to decide who goes first ben as you won last week uh, you get the choice of heads or tails so i would like heads and if i get heads i would like to be uh, the question that we're asking is, has the Xbox One been a success this far? And I would like to say that it hasn't, and I'm going for heads. 
it's tails. So I don't. So get I I get that it it hasn't been a success. And I get that it has. Right. Yep. Okay. Because that's interesting. Because do you actually think that it's been a success? I don't. Because I I. I, I think it has. So like we're actually we're actually arguing the points that neither of us want. This is going to be good. This is going to be real good. Okay, with that, Ben, you are for, and Edson, you are against. Okay, Ben, you're going first, and you're starting three, two, one. Okay, so there is no such thing as bad PR, they say, and Xbox has had a lot of PR. They've been in the news. They've been covered a lot. Therefore. By that terminology, they've had a lot of PR, which has gone with the whole marketing ploy of the Xbox One. People know about it, people were talking about it, and that is the key clever thing that Microsoft managed to do. And they are showing that they can make a difference, they can change, and they are changing their system, making it better, they're improving it slowly and slowly. But when Sony are have their backs turned, not enough time. I'm actually panicking now. I'm actually panicking. I'm not gonna have enough time to say anything. Oh, no. Okay, so you got the gist of what I was saying. You got the gist of what I was saying. Yeah, I did. And obviously, 30 seconds goes by really quicker than a minute, obviously. Yeah, and I was not prepared, so I don't feel like I'm going to win this one. So, Edson, on that note, it's now your turn okay. in three, two, one. Okay, so Xbox, you should not be buying one. It's not been a success. They started off by advertising TV, TV, and TV when it's a gaming console. They shouldn't have done that. They've had to change what they're doing. Apart from maybe Forza there's no real exclusive game out there they have Halo they have Gears of War but those those series have died down this was one of the last few games that really was was pushing people to buy the Xbox one and now they're releasing it on the PC they honestly shouldn't be doing this and it's going to lose them a lot of customers okay yeah pretty much back on time there yeah! wow oh, my, yeah. my judgment of time was definitely not great uh, I, I feel like I've lost did, I, I, did I do it in 30 seconds uh, it was about 29 oh, sort of seconds. Yes, seconds are spare. Okay, this is now my, my thought process. Um, and, I, and I feel bad, but Edson, you made some great points. Ben, you didn't really get off the mark, I, I would say. You made one or two points. And only because of that, I have to give it to Edson just for that. Ben, you didn't really get off the starting line. I didn't, no. 30 seconds was not long enough in my mind. Woo! Uh, well done, Edson. Oh, well yeah. Done. I'm doing a little dance now. So that brings the scores to two to Martin, one to myself, and one to Edson. It's really starting to heat up. At one point, I think we thought that Martin was never going to uh, stop his lead, but I think slowly we might be catching him up. Oh, yeah. I, I seriously doubt that, Ben. But, um, you know, you, you guys can always try. Well, we'll see you next and week, I, won't we? We'll see you next and, week. I'm ready for and this. And I hope to, re <clears throat> to restore my uh, two-point lead uh, next week. Yeah, you'll see you next week. A clean house is a sign of a broken computer. Pixel Podcast. With that, I thank you for listening to Pixel Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it this week. All the notes and stuff that we've been talking about will be on abruptaudio.com forward slash pixel. Don't forget, if you're listening for the first time, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or listen to us on the Audio Boom app on Android. We are looking for people to rate the podcast on iTunes. So if you do have an iTunes account, we'd love you forever if you drop us a rating on there. And with that, it's a thank you to Martin. Thank you. It's a thank you to Ed. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to the Pixel Podcast. Thank you and good night. Or as they say in gamer speak, G-G-N-O-R-E. You actually did it this time, guys. Yeah. That was great. I know. I, you like, said goodbye. Because oh, we got so much stick loved. last week for it. You did. Right, quick, quick <laughs> thing. Next week, no P topics, yeah? No P topics, yeah, oh. definitely. 
I, I don't believe Ben. He, he's got something in his eye. He can see yeah. it now. He's like, you know what? It's going to be some pee topics. The weird thing is, is if I haven't edited the pee topics out, then it's going to sound really weird if anyone's listening right now. Yeah, that's very true. That's, that's yeah. I feel like our dignity is in question, though, after yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a, it's been a good one. Edson's like, nah. <laughs> I've left. I'm going. Bye. Oh, Edson, don't be like that. We love you, Edson. Oh, yes, we do. Edson, come back. <laughs> come back to us. Edson. Yeah. Okay, that bit's not going. <laughs> <laughs>